Welcome to The Do Zone, where real entrepreneurs share real strategies about getting things done. I'm your host, Josh Thomas. Tag me at JT Literally and show me what you do in The Do Zone. Every week, I'll pick the best post to feature across all my social networks. This podcast is brought to you by Factor One. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur who's looking to hit seven this year, there are three key shifts you need to make right now in order for it to be possible. Go to imfactorone.com now and i'll show you exactly what those three key shifts are and how you can get them set up for your business in less than six minutes once again that's i am factor1.com today's guest is eric huberman the ceo and founder of hawk media he launched it in 2014. he was growing the company value to over 150 million dollars and working with 3,000 plus brands worldwide it is the fastest growing marketing consultancy agency in the United States, working with brands like Red Bull, Verizon, and Eddie Bauer. Eric, welcome to the Do Zone. Tell us something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. Yeah, I honestly, the most productive tool for me is uh, a combination of an app called Captio that just sends me an email note when I type in something, I hit send, it goes straight to my inbox, and then using my inbox as a to-do list and just committing to getting to zero inbox. It's not always easy, but uh, it allows me to just like when I'm on the fly thinking through things I'm like, oh, I got to get that done. I just remind myself so I don't have to like try to commit it to memory because when you're moving fast enough, that's impossible. So I send myself to do's all day, all the time, and then just commit to doing them. Honestly, that's the gap I see. It's not that people don't have to do this. It's that they don't actually create the habit of getting it done. And so the thing just builds up, builds up, you know, check things off. And I learned very early there's plenty of things coming down the pike that I'm going to have to do later. So I better do everything I can to get things done now. That makes a lot of sense. And I've, I've heard some variation of that echoed on my podcast over the last several episodes. It's it's not about organizing the things that you have to do. It's just about doing the things sometimes just in the moment. Like I got to yeah. do this now. I got to yep. clear it off because otherwise it's going to pile up and it's going to be impossible and overwhelming and I won't do anything. And then you're going to be stressed. Yeah, exactly. Like then you're going to look at your inbox. It's going to cause like if you're using that strategy and you don't do it, it just piles up, piles up, piles up, piles up. And that's when you see like someone flash on their Zoom and there's like 68,000 unread emails. And you're like, Jesus, man, like that. I, <laughs> uh oh, What? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and I've watched a lot of people, even on my own team, that I've caught that, that I'm like, you just end up missing so much opportunity and stuff. It's happened to me. Like if I don't commit to it, like I went on a two week trip in June missed a couple of things before the trip that I was like, I was out trying to focus on, it was work trip, but I was trying to focus on what I was doing. And I came back and I was like, for three weeks had blown off someone's like, Hey, we need help right now to launch our whole marketing campaign. Can you, you know, give us a call? And I'm like, well, three weeks late, I doubt we're going to get that business, but let's go give it a shot. You never know, man. That actually reminds me of a story. I was, <laughs> I'm such an idiot sometimes. Uh, I, uh, I was talking about how, I never check my voicemails, right? I don't usually answer my phone because yep. it's like, it's interrupting. I'm in my own flow. Somebody else decides to call me like, hey, schedule something, man. Yep. So I don't answer the phone. I don't check my voicemails. And and I was bragging about this, you know, to a friend of mine. And I was like, look, this is all garbage, you know? And, and I picked a random one and I played it. And it said, you know, Hey, Josh, uh, this is Kim. Uh, that conversation that we had a few months ago, I think I decided to pull the trigger and I'm going to go ahead and move forward with this. And it was like, it was like a $30,000, you know, consulting purchase or something. And that, and it was like three months ago. 
Yeah. <laughs> and she called me and left a voicemail and I missed it. And I was like, er. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's it. I mean, we are, I, I, funny enough, I have the same issue. Like I just don't check voicemails. It's like, do we still do that? Like, I didn't know that was a thing, but, uh, the same thing happens once in a while. I'll clear them out. I'll go listen to a few random ones. And I'm like, Oh, oops. Like not sure that's a good habit, but at the same time, like something's got to dim. Like we can't all be on everything all the time. Like you're going to miss stuff like that. I kind of accept too, but yeah, yeah I, same, same thing has happened. So, so tell me you, you grew a company, uh, you know, 2014 was not a short time ago, but it hasn't been a long time. Uh, and you're, you're working with worldwide nationwide brands. Uh, and tell me a little bit about somebody who wants to build a company to, to that height. What would be the first couple of steps you have to take to really gain momentum? Yeah. Stop thinking about that height is my opinion. Like one foot in front of the other, I think is a really big part and fast. So I do think goals are important, but you know, it's, what is it? Goals without a plan or a wish. Like you got to like actually figure out a methodology and without having some data and some knowledge of like, what does it take to get business? You can't, goals mean nothing. I want to do a million dollars in my first year. Great. How do you do hundred K? If you don't know how to do hundred K, you're not going to get to a million. So it's figuring out those incremental steps that are needed. And then along the way being, I actually like the building a business reactively. Like I think people get too proactive and try to see around corners and they end up investing in shit. Like, you watch all these companies, a uh, good example, Meta becoming Meta and investing heavily into ARVR. Turns out no one gives a shit and it was a complete waste. And now they're sunsetting a lot. Like they've cut a ton of what they're doing on the metaverse, but they changed their name to Meta. Like it's been a dumb thing. And it's because they tried to predict the future. Like no one's good at that. Like that's why whenever we're seeing forecasts and projections, look at the economy the past two years. Like we've been talking about a recession is coming for two years now. And knock on wood, it hasn't happened. And now the economy's come back. So it's like, but the media, it's, you know, we dealt with this. I, I don't know the timing of the podcast, but yesterday, the media all over the world was talking about a hurricane hitting LA. Hmm. And, but all the actual data said that it was going to be like a minor storm. And you know what hit? A nice. minor storm. Yeah. And so people get caught up in all these predictions and trying to see the future. And it's like, don't do that. Just adapt to what's right in front of you and the data that you have. And I think that, so to start, it's to go get your first customers, figure out what it takes, understand how that worked, make sure the economics makes sense. How hard is it to get a customer? And does that money actually pencil that you can keep getting more and do that? And so it's, I, I'm speaking in a generality because it really depends on the business, but like, it really is figuring out like, how do I get from A to B? And then, okay, now, how, now that I got to B, how do I get to C? And what are the things that are stopping me from getting there? And then just making those changes. A lot of times it has to do with your ability to go sell it. It has to do with your scalability. It has to do with, there's so many pieces of this. But what I would say is just be very objective in your analysis of what is holding back right now. And one of the most important parts of that is also having some sort of benchmark, like understand what other people's numbers are, what else is going on out there so that you know, I hear this all the time. My friend tells me that he gets a 10% conversion rate on his website and we're only getting five. How do we get to 10? It's like, well, the average is two. So you're already doing great. Stop, that's not your issue. Your conversion right. rates focus on the things that are actually problems objectively. And those are the pieces. And then again, the scalability thing of like, where where am I the bottleneck is the founder is a big one of how you get over those first few humps. And like over time, you're always figuring out like, what is the weak point based on the market? And then you can focus on that. And that's something that, again, I continue to get reminded is super important because 
you might be looking at your own historic numbers. And like for us, we were a month to month agency. So always, we always had high churn compared to the market because people come in and go, I want to work with you for a month or two or three and then leave. And most agencies require one year, two year, three year contracts. So of course we're going to by nature have a higher churn rate like that. That's a given. I thought it turns out when I stopped accepting that and I said, regardless of our contracts, we should be keeping clients longer. And I started emphasizing all the other reasons and really diving into the things that were, and it wasn't our work product, thankfully, that was why we were losing clients, but there were other reasons. And we started focusing on fixing those and our churn cut in half. So it, instead of being like, oh, we've always been that way. We're, you know, we're still doing the same. We've always done like, we're, like that's not where we're going to focus. I finally went, the whole market's this, we're this. Let's try to get to where the market is regardless. And it worked. So, so, so much to comment on in there. There was just a, a wealth of information, but, but I'll just stick with the last thing that you said, just because it's freshest on my mind. Sure. You, when you just accept the way that things are, uh, then that's what you're going to get. But if you try to change it, when you try to understand, well, what do people actually want and how do I give them that? But without any of the negative stuff, how do I give them all the positive stuff without any of the negative stuff? Once yeah. we start thinking that way, then real change happens. And uh, that $30,000 uh, uh, client that I lost, that I did surprisingly somehow, like nine months later, got her back. Um, oh, good. You yeah, go. you know, she signed up. You got to yeah. tell that part of the story because a lot of people think, well, it gets over. Like, yeah. It's never over. She came back. She's like, I really need the help. I was pissed off at you for nine months, but I got over it. Let's go. I'm like, <laughs> okay. And so... Uh, but the thing that really worked with that company was everybody else was like, buy our stuff, you know, we'll help you, we'll get you there, you know, whatever, We're, we got a lot of great stuff. But we said, I don't really care how much you know, I don't really care how motivated you are, I care that you want results. And we're going to focus only on getting you the result that you're looking for, nothing else, no fluff, no anything else, you, you, you didn't come here to buy some coaching. You came here yeah. to buy what you came here to buy. And so let's sell you that. And uh, that exploded the business because, and we guaranteed the result in writing and nobody would do that, you know? And that's how you're got to separate yourself sometimes because if you're not thinking about what do people actually want and how do I give it to them, then you're never going to get out of that kind of linear mode. And that's what it sounds like you were talking about here. Yep, exactly. And, and that's, and again, it's just not accepting your own metrics is face value. But I, again, the other side of that is if your if our churn rate was the same as the market or slightly better, well, is that where I'm going to go invest all my time and attention to me and my business partner and the team and be like, we got to go fix that? Well, we're already outperforming the market. Like, don't get me wrong. You're always looking to improve all your metrics. Like that's not, that's a given, but it's not the low hanging fruit. And most of the time, it's very rare that a company doesn't have low hanging fruit that they're just, I'm talking about, I've worked with enough multi-billion dollar companies that they all have huge gaps in their game. They're trying to slightly optimize something they're already doing well versus just plug a huge gap. I would focus on the huge gap. Got to go for the needle mover. That's one of the three kind of fundamentals. Anytime I'm working with a business is like, what is that thing that's going to move the needle right now and make me look like a wizard? Yep, exactly. <laughs> and it's probably something simple, right? And so tell me quickly about uh, the Hawk method. I, yep. I'm curious about this and how you deploy it. Added saying, well, there it is. Um, yeah, so the book that came out, best-selling book. Uh, we've sold like 30,000 copies around the idea. Basically, marketing is broken down into three principles, awareness, nurturing, and trust. Awareness is how do you let a person, a new potential customer know you even exist? How do you get the word out on your business? Fill the top of the funnel. 
nurturing, what do you do from when that person becomes aware you exist to when they actually buy and then post-purchase to keep them coming back? It sounds simple, but most people forget that when you advertise to someone, they don't immediately just go buy. There's a whole consideration period of purchase cycle. And then after they buy, getting them to come back, they don't just do these things on their own. So keeping that going is super important. And then trust, synonymous with brand, but how do you actually get people to trust you? 75% of people won't buy from a company they don't inherently trust. So in the beginning, it's third-party validation. It's you know reviews, testimonials, PR, influencer marketing, endorsements, et cetera. And over time, your consistency and your brand gets out there and it becomes what people know you for, your reputation, basically. And that that's really the third pillar. And so it's how to leverage those, how to build off those, and how to basically create a full-functioning marketing strategy. I love that. And so we can get that on Amazon. Actually, I just I just purchased it just now. It'll be here tomorrow. Thank so thank you very much. Publisher yeah. will be excited. <laughs> oh yeah. Thank you. I'm I'm excited to dig into it. So that's awesome. So the Hawk method and 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 I love it. You know, you you said something that's you've said so many things that are near and dear to my heart, man. I'm like, uh, I'm all about productivity. And one okay. of the things that we have to do in order to really maximize our productivity is break things down into the simplest possible form. Yep. You've got three different silos of how you can take somebody through the marketing journey. One more time, what were they? Awareness, nurturing, and trust. Awareness, nurturing, and trust. A-N-T. Yep. Okay? Awareness, nurturing, and trust. And so now me as an entrepreneur, I don't have to think about all of the different complexities of how do I put together a Facebook ad, you know, and what does that need to say? And then the landing page, and then how do I, what's the conversation? Look. Focus on getting awareness, focus on nurturing that relationship, and building trust. Those are the only things things that you have to do in any other thing that you're doing, any other thing that you're focusing on. Everything that is so complicated for us to do, we can always boil down to the fundamental basics. Yeah. On that note, uh, I'd say the last very important productivity tool is never have a full-time job at your own company. Like you should always be additive, not sustaining. I, I believe if you want to grow, if you want to sustain, if you want to just sit there, fine. If you want to be a creative director and you want to do creative work all the time and you don't want to grow, then do that. But I found that like, if I'm finding myself bogged down with like a specific task that's repeated, I immediately try to hire for it. If I can't justify hiring for it, then I'm the most expensive employee here. Then it doesn't make sense for me to be doing it either. So like that, that's been a very, a discipline I try to keep is if I can't go hire someone to do this because it's not worth it, then I shouldn't be doing it either. And if I can't because it's too complicated, well, then simplify it, figure out ways to systematize it. Like, And then once I do that, hire for it. So like our most recent side of the business that we did that for is our M&A side with buying agencies. And, you know, yeah, it's complicated to do M&A, but there are, I'm not the only smart person in the world here. So like, if I was overcomplicating it, how do I systematize it? Then I brought someone on. Then we brought on a second guy. Now that's a very robust side of our business because we have two people that are fully focused on it. And now I don't, it, I'm not the bottleneck, you know, and I still am because I still need to meet founders. We're acquiring and do all that. And it still bogs down sometimes. But the good news is like it's to have a couple of meetings. It's not for me to do the whole process. And so constantly I, I stand things up. And go, okay, here's a new strategy we're going to use for the company. Once I see it working, pass it off. I have a great business partner that takes it off my plate first. We build a process around it. And then we hire to put into it once it ju is justified, basically. Awesome. And so tell us a little bit about uh, who you're looking to connect with right now and how you can help them. Yeah, I mean, anyone that needs marketing help, you know, we can hit me up at adder slash Eric Huberman on any social or just go to hawkmedia.com. We'll do a free audit and consultation. We have a whole robust AI system we build launched before ChatGPT. So kind of 
sick of the bandwagon, but uh, we basically are digesting 8,000 companies marketing data in real time. So we can benchmark an individual company against the market back to knowing where you stand compared to the market versus just your historical numbers. We built that. We knew that that was necessary. So we have it running. We will run someone's data through it for free and give you feedback on here's where you need help. Here's where the opportunity is. Here's what we can do to help and happy to do that. That's exciting. So we go to hawkmedia.com, hawk with an E. Yep. Like exactly. Ethan Hawk. Exactly. Which right. I get called Ethan all the time and people don't even know why. You just nailed it. But it's yeah. funny. People say, hey, Ethan. I'm like, Eric. And they're like, why did I call you Ethan? Like they don't even realize why it was. <laughs> Subliminal. You should get him yeah. as like your 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 official like uh, sponsor. Of well, him and Tony Hawk and I have keynoted three different events together at this point. And that gets super confusing for people because they're like, wait, Hawk Media, Tony Hawk, like what? And they, yeah. It usually benefits me more than anything, but it's it <laughs> right. Yeah. Tony Hawk doesn't need the Huberman uh, yeah. publicity. Well, now I got Andrew Huberman too, who is a distant cousin and he's been on my podcast, but now I get that too. It's like, oh, you work with him? I'm like, no, it's my last name. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> cool. Well, hey, we're going to wrap up from here. Thank you so much to Eric Huberman for sharing some wisdom about how he gets things done. Uh, for those of you who are interested in learning more, you can go to hawkmedia.com. That's H-A-W-K-E media.com. No relation to Ethan Hawk or Tony Hawk. So, but uh, if you are a small business and you're looking for help on marketing, you can run through and get that scan. So for those of you uh, who are looking to get to the next level in your business and you know what got you here ain't going to get you there, we can help. Go to IamFactor1.com now and let's see how much impact we can make in less than six minutes. Know this, you are Factor One for your own success. Now let's get to work. If you're a small business doing at least six figures and you're trying to level up, but you keep getting smacked down, pay attention. There are outside forces at play that you're almost certainly not aware of. No, I'm not talking about the president, the economy, the Federal Reserve, or inflation. I'm also not talking about your industry, your competition, or current market conditions. I'm talking about you. There are invisible forces that are keeping you from breaking through to the next barrier in your business. That's why you keep repeating the same cycle year after year. You think next time will be different, but what you don't realize is that you're running through a huge maze and your opponent has every turn memorized because your opponent built the maze. Until you get your hands on a map and come up with a plan of attack and execute it, you're just going to keep running circles over and over and you'll lose every time. You'll never find the exit without a plan. The good news is your opponent is predictable. Your opponent follows the rules. You can beat your opponent because you don't have to follow the rules. You see, you have free will. Your opponent is restricted to the rules of the game, but you can make your own rules. You just got to have a plan. And in order to get a plan, you first have to take responsibility for putting yourself in that maze without a map to begin with. Because you are factor one for your own success. Your opponent is your comfort zone. If you're ready to stop running circles in the same circuit year after year and finally break free from the maze, join factor one. We are a unique development program for six-figure entrepreneurs. We'll airdrop into your exact location of the maze with a paper and pen, and we'll help you draw a clean map to the exit using our bird's eye view. We'll also arm you with the tools you need to defend yourself properly, and we'll walk with you shoulder to shoulder to make sure you get out safely this time. We don't leave anybody behind that doesn't want to be left there. Join us. Go to imfactor1.com right now, and let's talk about getting you out of that maze once and for all.